Welcome to the podcast. I'm a project manager and software engineer working with blockchain technology. This is a place where I discuss all things related to business, entrepreneurship, and travel from an international perspective, ranging from studying a foreign language to hiring freelancers to building a blockchain company. Each episode features new insights from the leaders I meet, the books I read, and the places I go. So, without further delay, here's today's episode. I returned to America. I left Malta. I left living in Berlin. And I came back. Why? Well, my, my visa expired. So that's the first reason. But is that all? Is that it? Is that where I go from here? Do I stay here? Is that the end of what happens with the company that I'm working for? Wolf is the name. W-O-O-L-F. Is that is that all? Am I moving on to something new? In fact, no, I'm still working for this company just from the United States. If you've ever traveled abroad, if you're from the United States, and you may be, let's say not from the United States, just simply not from the European Union, there is an agreement called the Schengen Agreement. And this is for most Europe, countries within the European Union, including including Iceland, perhaps including a few other places, where the idea is you can only stay within the, the basically the European Union. Any country within the, the Schengen area, you can only stay in any of those places for a total of 90 days within a six-month period. And after you reach that 90 days, you must have a cooling-off period of another... 90 days. It goes something like from the from the day you first step foot into this other country, you must wait and you must wait basically 6 months, 180 days before you can come back. And so during that first 6 month period, that first 180 day period, you can stay for a maximum of 90 days. So, I was within Germany, but I was also in Malta and a little bit in Iceland because I usually fly now when I go to Europe through Wow Air. And Iceland being part of the Schengen Agreement means that if I'm in Iceland or if I'm in Germany, if I'm in Malta, no matter how many times I jump between countries, I can only stay for a total of 180, sorry, 90, 90 days. That's it. So I was studiously recording all of the days that I was in these countries, making sure that I was under the time allotted. But during this time, I was also in the United Kingdom. I made that recording. I made that promotional video where I went to Pinewood Studio where the Star Wars movies are filmed, where Indiana Jones is filmed, where I believe some of the Harry Potter movies were filmed. I was in this... I went to Pinewood Studio. I rented video equipment. I rented red cinema, a red cinema camera, a 4K red cinema camera from a company there. Got onto the property with a freelancer pass. Was able to take that through a rented car, rented equipment, throw it in, throw it into throw it in the car, drive to the city of Oxford, go into Harris Manchester College and bring in college professors from the University of Oxford or those who had obtained their, their PhDs through the or European, UK version of that would be doctorate, just simply doctorate, uh, DPhil, I might say, who have their doctorates from Oxford or are teaching at Oxford now, was able to record them in this classic this wonderful interior of a building, as, as well as the Oxford Student Union, make these recordings, put together this video. But I was in Oxford. I was able to have a dinner at Wolfson College where I was 
meeting with this company, Huabi, who were a group of investors from Beijing specifically, who came to Oxford to meet with this group, to meet with us as a company, to discuss potential investment, having this fancy dinner at this college in this interior room that was perhaps not as grand as you might typically think when you think old Oxford College or old medieval lunch hall, meal dining hall, you might think of Harry Potter. And indeed, some of these scenes in Harry Potter were, I believe, filmed at Trinity College in Oxford. But we were at we were specifically at Wolfson College at Oxford having this dinner. But the point is, whether it be dinner, whether it be recording film, whether it be filming, whether it be meeting with investors, I was in the United Kingdom. And the United Kingdom is not part of the Schengen Agreement. So by strategically jumping between the European Union or those within the Schengen Agreement and the United Kingdom, I was able to extend my trip outside of the United States for longer than 90 days. So the grand total from February to almost the, almost the, the, the very beginning of June I was able to be outside of the United States, but it couldn't last forever. In fact, I'm, this is primarily because I only have a tourist visa as this is a startup and we're not able to issue work visas. It requires capital. It requires a time investment. And we are trying to raise capital. We're trying to raise investments. So being able to travel abroad is dependent on that work visa. Being, I mean, being, being able to live abroad for longer than the three-month period or 90-day period in the European Union dependent on this. And I didn't have that. So I came back to the United States. And so that's where I am right now. I'm in a, an office building through this company, Regis. You, if you, you might have seen the company WeWork in the, in the news. That's something I'm looking at, but that's not where I'm at now. But that's the idea. It's a shared workspace. I'm at this shared, work, shared workspace where I have a rented desk at Regis making this recording. So I left. I came back to the United States. And I'm still working. So what happened since then? From the moment I left, you know, I'll save that for another day. I'll save that for the next episode because let me finish on something that happened within the European Union when I was coming back. This is something that I made a note of to share, but it is happens before I actually get to me being back in the United States and what happened here between when I arrived at the, at the very beginning of June and where I am now, which is just towards the end of July. What took place then? Before I get to that, what happened? Something I want to share with you. This is about this is about knowing or having knowledge, having an understanding of what you're doing before you actually go out and and go live life. It's it's a certain amount of preparation that 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 where having knowledge of how systems work, knowledge of regulations, knowledge of um, legal restrictions, how that can in fact not just slow you down, as you might, might, might assume, but by having an understanding of them can allow you to increase your own efficiency. So here's, here's what I mean by this. When I was traveling outside of the European Union, trying to get back to the United States, I knew that I was just at the very end of my 90 days allotted according to the Schengen Agreement. Knowing that Iceland was in that, I realized after counting all of my days that I was at something like 88 or 89 days within the region where if I stayed another 36 hours, I would be extended past the time I was legally able to stay within the Schengen area. 
So when I was uh, when I was leaving Germany, I didn't have much trouble with I didn't have any trouble with customs passing my passport and and going about my business. But when I arrived in Iceland, I noticed that I don't know if it was for everybody else, but it seems like everything was uh, taking a bit of a bit of time. The people who were passing through the customs, the the, the security in Iceland, it, it seemed to be taking more time than I was used to. So eventually, I made it to a customs uh, the customs agent. And they asked me what I was doing. And I thought that I would have to go through a lengthy explanation of, of everything that I had been, been doing, all of my escapades in Europe, in the, United, in the United Kingdom. But I simply said, this is paraphrasing, I simply said, I've been abroad, I'm heading back to the United States, and I am just within my 90 days for the Schengen Agreement. Or I'm just within my 90 days, according to the Schengen regions or the Schengen agreement. While I was saying this, the agent was looking at my passport, paging through it. But when I said that, Schengen agreement, within the 90 days, this agent closed the passport, looked back at me, and said, again paraphrasing, you know, you know you're in the agreement. You know you are within the region that you're following the, the days. You know you are within the time allotted. You, you know the Schengen Agreement. You're good to go. And that was it. She handed me back my passport, and I went on. I went on from there, and that was the last I had to deal with any security agent or any customs agent deal with my passport until I got back to the United States. That was it. There was something about encountering somebody from this agent's perspective, encountering somebody who understood what the legal ramifications are, what the requirements are for somebody visiting the Schengen Agreement. This is something obscure. I'm, I, didn't, I hadn't heard about this until I had been abroad. And anybody listening, this may not have come to your attention, or you may not have heard of this or looked into this before, but I encourage you to check it out. But apparently this is something that not too many people know about. But that was that was what I meant, what I referenced, and because of that, this agent understood if this person knows the agreement, if this person knows what they are allowed to do, and they are seeking, and they're telling me that they are within the days allotted to them, but they are seeking to stay within that requirement, then I have confidence that that the risk assessment level for this person is low. And that was it. And I was sent on my way. Risk assessment according to somebody who is seeking to follow follow the the legal the treaties, the or, the the arrangements between countries this person is seeking to be with to fall within that who has sought out to understand what this what it is and then to fall within it. Risk level low. Move along. And is that not what is that is that not part of what these these customs agents are are doing when when evaluating people and going going to and fro in their countries, estimating or in a, in a sense performing a risk analysis, an assessment of what the the risk level is for somebody entering or departing the country. Well, the point of this is by arming yourself with some of the, the legal requirements, legal requirements, legal strictures 
if that'd be the right word, for doing business, for traveling, for even living, by having a command of these things, it can ultimately increase the your your own productivity. It can reduce some of the lag time in having to, in in the the qualifications or the time spent validating or time spent uh, at going through some of that regulatory uh, red tape. Now, this is not to say that regulation should be increased or reduced in one way or another. This is not me making a claim on that in this matter. Only to say that for what does exist, here's a way that you can reduce some of the wasted time, potentially wasted time, and wasted headache in case you accidentally, uh, you accidentally invalidate or break some of the restrictions that are on you when you tr- do these things like travel or start a business or or work. By knowing these things, you can you can save time and and be a bit and be a bit more efficient in a world that is full of regulation. So arm yourself beforehand. And if you are planning on traveling abroad outside from and you're not from the European Union, and you're not from a country within the Schengen Agreement, and you plan on traveling to there, check that out. Uh, I encourage you to equip yourself with a better knowledge of what these agreements are and how that you can properly fall within them so that you ultimately carry on doing exactly what you're doing with greater efficiency, greater speed, and less red tape along the way. Next episode, we will discuss returning back to the United States and how I left the Ethereum network, as in this is a blockchain company, a company, an education company using blockchain technology that I'm working for. How I left the Ethereum, how we left the Ethereum platform and moved on to something different. But what platform is it to be determined, to be shared on next episode, on the next episode? Thanks for listening. I post articles based on these episodes on Medium, LinkedIn, and Facebook. You're welcome to follow me on Twitter or Instagram, where I steadily post live videos. Please like, comment, and subscribe, and consider leaving a rating and review on iTunes and Google Play. It's quick, and it helps the podcast continue to operate. Check in each week for new episodes. I'm Johan Lilly, and this has been the Consultancy Podcast. Consultancy Podcast.